0: one
1: Jacob Murphy to win it Oh, no, just put no, it in no. it, no. it? And how do you put statistics on this, Phil? Oh, Levitated by the human touch Antonio's galloping forward, here's the pass Antonio's true, chance of four, what a goal What a brilliant shot by Mikhail Antonio Hello and welcome to the first edition of the new Knees Up Mother Brown podcast. We are looking back at, well we've got three games to look back at this week. We've got Brentford that was today, so that might be a might slightly more emotional reaction as we are only still coming down from the disappointment of that. We have Rapid Vienna in the week and we have Leeds from last week as well. But before all that, I shall introduce you to my co-hosts. I have Jack Elderton. Jack, hello. Hello everyone. And... Another young one, young Callum Goodall, young Callum. Hello. <laughs>
0: hello. How are
1: you? I like I like saying young. <laughs> I don't know why. Um I'm Chris Wilkerson, your host for this week and yeah, we've got we're trying to bring out a new analytical a bit more analytical start to the uh, Knees up mother brown litany of material that we have out at the moment, which is why I will defer to my much more intelligent and interesting co-hosts. Uh me, I'm just here to tie things together. Um <laughs> But we best open up with the more painful thing, I suppose, of the last week, which is that horrible Brentford game with that horrible finish. That was actually a quite entertaining game all round, a mixture of styles. We've, uh, well, in the Premier League in the last week, we've had two maybe of the most energetic teams, almost the most chaotic teams, it feels. And it's certainly been at least interesting to see how we deal with it. Thoughts on today's game, Jack? You were
2: there. Well, I've just, yeah, just got back through the door. <clears throat> I think there's... um there's a bit of a there's a bit of a difference between the the quality of the performance and and the result we got in the end i feel a little bit disappointed to have come away without a draw i thought we did more than enough in the second half to deserve Um, a draw in the end Uh, I thought that we were very slow out of the traps Um, I think we're starting to see some of that Europa League (laughs) effect uh, come into play Um, and we were just really really slow for the first 15 minutes and um, they created a lot of chances in that period and then I thought the game was relatively even um, after that and then we really took control in the second half Um, and yeah just to get sucker punched in the end was, was obviously really 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 disappointing (laughs) that
1: is that's two games are two games after Europa League exploits and that's two defeats now I think we've gone two defeats to very late goals I mean you can you can argue whether it's a little bit of bad luck with the late goals you can argue whether that is you know they're tied together whether that's midweek games and tired legs towards the end causing mistakes I mean as far I I saw the game pretty similar I thought we were awful to begin with and then Brentford seemed quite happy to go back. Let us have a bit more of the ball. We Once we had that ball, we settled on, controlled it, probably from 30 minutes ish onwards, maybe a bit more level. Second half, we completely controlled and then at the end blew up Cal, really, as far as I can see.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I think you're right to highlight the tired legs. I think just generally, and we saw it in the last game as well, uh, the concentration towards the end of games is just not, is not there. Um, I think the to lose it so late is always bitter, but like he's, we mentioned, um, the free kick was just so silly. Like it just didn't need to, didn't need to be given in such a dangerous position at such an important point of the game. Like, yes, all right there's taking one for the team and there was a lot of that going on today particularly on the Brentford side of things (laughs) I think it was ridiculous how cynical it was Um, some of the refereeing as well was just terrible but um, some of the blame has got to go to Moyes I think for not managing the squad effectively in certain areas basically where were the subs (laughs) is what I'm trying to say uh, yeah I mean we talk about concentration but you you can't you can't blame anyone but yourself if the reason is clearly tiredness or lack of concentration, yet you refuse to bring on any players off the bench. We had I'm players sorry. on the bench. Yeah. You've got Diop, you've got Vlasic, you've got Crow to bring some legs into the midfield, Lanzini. But I, I don't know. And it's not a great vote of confidence in those players either, is it? If if you're looking to get something out of the game and you look at your bench and go, "Nah, I'd actually rather have these tired <laughs> individuals.
1: I- I'm sure you can argue as well, it was more than just tiredness. Also, some of them weren't, they weren't exactly a lot setting a place of light that they had to stay on. I mean, I think, no. it's, you, you know, concentration will be lesser and mistakes will be more when you are tired. I, I, you know, I'm not a sports scientist, but I'm pretty sure those things will link because it's legs, <laughs> your legs work and, you know, they don't go as well. Your brain doesn't work as well, but I know I, I don't, I don't think Bonner needed to take him down. I thought it was weird. It was, I mean, you won't have known commentary. They were, I think they were pretty pretty happy on the stream I was watching um but he'd done it in a way that was it was a necessary evil and I think Ogbonna's always I I, I don't want to say it's a cynical Italian in him but he's quite happy to wipe someone out if there's 30% of a chance it's it's something's going to happen behind him and it he did just wipe him out that said the defense wasn't good enough defending the free kick and well I mean I'd also opinions on whether Fabianski should be doing better I think he should do better the second and there's some will say he should be doing better with the first as well
2: i'm not sure that he could have done much more with the first i thought the first save was pretty good um I, I i know there's the parried into danger thing
0: into danger yeah. <laughs> it's literally spooned it out in front of him i must i think i don't know i it happened in uh the united game as well didn't it where he sort of point blank admittedly it wasn't as point blank this time kind of palmed it out yes he's made the stop but where has it gone and i think in the in the United game, it was it was more forgivable. I think today, you could have maybe put it off to the side a little bit, like just so it's not directly in a straight line. Well, like, is this, the, this is the second
1: the one second, though. Isn't that's the, on the second. It, uh, the okay, yeah. sorry, under sorry. No. I see. I haven't. I haven't actually. I. 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 have seen comments on the forum basically saying that if you look at it straight on, that first one he's not pushed it far wide. I thought to begin with, he was, you know, very unlucky. And actually, I'm concerned that Umbemo was running. Ugbona was watching and then running. Which... Well,
2: I have more issues with the first goal than just that. I think that the the fact that um, uh, they've got him behind in the first place was where Zuma's where just not watching the run of the. I'm not sure who takes the first shot, but Zuma's just not paying attention to who's running off of him. That that creates the first the opportunity in the first place. I think the first save from Fabianski is fine. I think if you're asking him to turn it round the post. Um, in that no, yeah. And no. Asking the for first save was good, I
0: think, to yeah. get down that low as well. Like he's he's not young anymore. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> he's getting exactly. down to those corners. And then I he agree,
2: I agree that Ogbonna should be following in to stop him from tapping that home. That's you know, so issues with both centre halves for the first goal. And then the second goal, I agree with you, Cal. Like he's got to to push that wide. you can't push that straight mm-hmm. back out in front of him. Um, yeah, or but even like, over, like, can you yeah, push right, it yeah, over yeah.
0: his head? If he's going for that sort of forward motion, just at least go a little bit upwards rather than just almost like you're pushing your mate or something. Like...
2: Yeah, but, but then also, like, in terms of the, the concession of the free kick, which you were talking about earlier, I... I... I was disappointed with conceding the free kick right at the end, but I was actually actually more disappointed with the free kick we conceded just after we scored. Um, I thought there were two incidents. Just mm-hmm. after we scored uh, the goal, we conceded a similar stupid free kick on the edge of the box, which Brentford didn't do very much with, but mm-hmm. twice to concede free kicks on the edge of your box just by sort of lazy defending.
1: Well, and it, it happened in the first half as well. There was the one that Zuma yeah. got booked for, and he, and he had, I mean, quite a poor, poor game.
2: I've seen people saying that he played well, Uh, for me, it was (laughs) an absolute shocker. uh, I I thought
1: he was all, I thought he couldn't handle Tony. I thought as a pair, they seemed to, I I know it's not 1996 anymore, but two strikers isn't that revolutionary an idea. And they just looked like they couldn't, I mean, it felt a little bit like they couldn't handle Quinn and Kevin Phillips at times. It was just, Tony, to be fair, Tony, I thought his, I mean, one touch passing and for the goal was excellent, but the pair of them, didn't do enough. And I thought Zuma just looked like he was completely unsettled. And when you hear certain people would say that he, Tuchel didn't want him because he couldn't handle the press, today looked like a game where Tuchel probably knows his stuff.
2: Oh, Zuma was in hell against Tony. I've been, I've been slow to, to come round on Tony, probably just trying to be too clever by half and saying, I'm not <laughs> sure if he's going to get the same <laughs> amount of chances that he, he got in the championship in, in the Premier League. Um, and I'm not sure about his goal output, but he absolutely did dominated Zuma today. And I, I, I was saying before the game, um, you know, we watch, we've we watched Tony do this to a number of other centre-backs, but this is going to be a different challenge. Two excellent centre-backs in the air. Um, but Zuma, I don't know how many times I watched him jump under the ball. <laughs> like Go up for an aerial, jump under the ball and just watch the ball go off behind him. It's just yeah. like so, so frustrating in terms of the ones that he could have won. And then the the, the 50-50 duels with Tony, he lost virtually all of them.
1: There's a reason he's not at Chelsea and well, you will get those performances where he looks a Champions League player I'd imagine it's going to be that lack of consistency and the he has I've, I mean he's always looked at a defender who's got a bit of a rick in him and I think possibly off his balance off his game that's just going to get highlighted and we I mean we I don't think we handled from the start we didn't handle what they were doing I don't think we handled them for 15 minutes I didn't think we did particularly well with Leeds even we'll go on to Leeds to begin well, at the beginning but it just looks like that energy and it's a little bit unlucky again Either side of your Europa game to have played Leeds first, Brentford yeah. afterwards, but you should—they should be learning lessons as well. And it didn't look like they had, and the midfield didn't look like it had. It's, it's quite unfortunate to go through a, a podcast and just think, who can we pick out after a loss who's played badly? But if we've gone, <laughs> yeah, we've talked yeah. about Zuma, we've talked possibly about Fabianski, and we've talked about a bit about Ogbonna at the end. Then you have to talk about the first forty-five minutes that Suchek had as well, which was him looking, he he does have times where he doesn't look quite as smooth as others, but he just looked lost.
2: Yeah, I think it's like the second time we've seen him do this in, in as many weeks, right? Just have a really, really leggy uh, performance. And um, and this is where, you know, I come around to exactly on what Carl's saying. It's just, there's a point at which, Kyle's a good enough player. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a point at which you're going to have to give Suchek a break and let someone else um, step in and do that job. And yeah, Sujek really, really struggled in in the first 45 minutes. did not think he was with the pace of the game at all, mm-hmm. along with a number of players, it must be said.
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't. It didn't click for a long while. It looked to begin with like we were going to play those channel balls for Antonio and he did, I think it was Janssen, twice on the outside. Unfortunately, both times his footwork was poor once he would got into a good position. Yeah, and yeah. Again, you kind of have to get used to that with Antonio. Sometimes, sometimes he's going to do the hard thing and then make the easier part look yeah. like, like a real bit of a real Especially difficult with moment for him.
0: Some of the goals he's scored of late, as well, like he's, he's pulled out some yeah. crazy touches, and then it's just as 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 it always has been throughout his West Ham career. That sort of lack of finesse, he's just yeah. often just even on those goals. To be fair, just but not not bumbles bumbles isn't the right word more just powers his way through just (laughs) gets his body into you and good luck (laughs) good luck standing in his way because he's an absolute unit i think
2: if you're going to talk about antonio's lack of finesse that you you sort of do have to counterbalance that with the fact that one of the best chances we created in the first half was a was a lovely bit of awareness from him in the box to drop a pass back into ben rama who had that oh yeah no definitely in the far corner he he Antonio of old would 100% have received that ball and tried to spin and, and get a shot away himself. Yeah. But just to have the awareness to receive the ball and pop it straight back into Ben Rama was probably yeah. one of the best moments, if not the best moment we had in the first half.
0: Yeah, this, completely.
2: His vision
1: on the part has improved. hes oh, I mean, massively. he's improved as an all-round player. We saw it against
0: people. Vienna, didn't we? Like similar sort of, well, not exactly similar, but similar in the sense that the situation he found himself before setting up Bryce. Antonio, of, even last season, Would have levered that into Rose Ed with his left foot rather than having the awareness to square it, and um, I think that's that is promising and also especially promising given he's clearly very motivated to get goals, goals, goals this season. Mm. Like he said himself, he's I don't know how tongue in cheek it was, but like targeting the Golden Boot and stuff. So with that as his goal, and he's still willing to lay it on for his teammates Mm. as well. And I think I can't remember if it was in that game. But like four key passes for your number nine is pretty, pretty decent output for someone. Like we say, we don't consider to be the most technically polished like player, but I think that's it. It's like you'll get moments like that and it's just those inconsistencies, but the pros massively outweigh the uh, few negative moments that he has.
1: If it's fair to me to say Suchek had a bad first off, it it would be unfair of me not to mention that he did step up in the second half and was a much better player. Granted, at Brentford, I don't know whether it was... I mean, it's hard to know whether that was fully our performance. And I did feel Rice also had a better second half and was winning the ball back a lot more. But Mm -hmm. as a team, we were dominant in that second half. And as many as people may be disappointed in the result, you shouldn't be disappointed in the performance of that second half. Because if any team deserved to win, I feel it was us, Jack.
2: I th- I thought the second half was ext- really really dominant and um you know Brentford had three shots in the in the in the second 45 minutes and two of them came in with the with two of the last three kicks of the game <laughs> um I, I I think the changes, I mean, we didn't change any personnel at half time and we've seen Moyes do this a number of times this season, but he brought Bowen inside a little bit, and Antonio was doing a, a very good job in the first half of running the channels, as you said before, and his footwork let him down a couple of the times. And when you're playing against a quite rigid back five that's that's sitting a little bit deep with three midfielders in front of it, one of the most uh, important things to do is to keep them shifting from side to mm-hmm. side, and, and, and Antonio running the channels is a very important uh, part of that and he, he is excellent his output energy wise of, of getting down the channels and, co- and causing teams problems is is one of the real strengths of his game and I felt that in the first half we were quite um, reluctant to just pop the ball over the top for him and uh, actually some of our best moments came I think one of the best moments of the first half came with Suchek uh, spinning and just playing this first time pass over the top for, for Antonio and um, and, and Brentford are a really direct team for as much as everyone says they, they really enjoy watching Brentford. They're a really exciting team to watch. Partly that is because they're winning. Um, at, the style of play is quite defensive and then super, super direct. You know, hit Tony uh, and get Mbamo running, running off of him. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. And they were doing that to great effect in the first half. And I felt that we were a little bit reluctant to do that in the first half. And in the second half, Bowen came inside and we were much, much happier to just hit the channels, let Antonio pull centre-halves out of the central space and let Bowen come into that central space, which then opened a lot more room for Suchek or Rice to come up and get a little bit advanced with the play, rather than receiving and having these three midfielders running out to them and pressing um, really hard, as Brentford do, and... You know, I think that was a really important thing to recognise. One of the things I noticed in the first 45 as well with Brentford is they shift so quickly to each side of the pitch and they get three men across the press really, really fast. And they leave this huge gap on the other side of the pitch. And I think... At when you're watching a team do that, if you're trying to shift the ball really nicely and, and move it with quick, short passes, as we were in the first half, it's, it's quite difficult unless you've got really, really lots of quality in those areas. And let's be honest, I think people didn't necessarily have the, their best game in those areas today. Ben Rama wasn't the best we've seen him play. Fornells probably wasn't the best we've seen him play either. So to notice that, bring Bayern inside and say, look, let's just hit Antonio, force these centre-backs to, to commit to the wide zones and then get balls into the box, as we did in the second half, just meant we took control of the game um yeah and in the end i think really really unfortunate not not to have turned that pressure into into a winner perhaps or at least a draw and it's it's interesting
1: in that because you you bring up ben rahman for now in the first half i thought actually anything good was coming from their bravery on the ball they are players who will mm. bypass three or four midfielders to play a pass they will play a sh- uh, uh, even on the ground they're not just smacking it in the air they're doing those kind of clever passes on the floor but second half cow when the space was being created by Antonio and by Bowen's hard work up top, almost like a top two in a way, yeah, we weren't getting those two making taking advantage of really. it.
0: Yeah, I think that's it, and I think that probably came with the the sort of not shifting focus, but I think there was an imbalance really because we were because a lot of the good stuff was coming through Bowen and Antonio, and we sort of identified that. It it almost meant that the side of the pitch where Benrahma and Thornazwa was being neglected somewhat and, like, they were sort of removed from the from the play, I, I thought anyway, uh, more so than they usually are. Um, and I think it's almost a double-edged sword in that sense because I think I really like what I saw between the sort of interchange between Antonio and Bowen, and I think that's something we'll probably start to see a lot more of the more we utilise Bowen as a lone striker in cup or Europa League games because he'll become more comfortable playing that central role he'll start to work out what sort of channels he needs to be running if he's in the center because one thing that was always quite notable of Bowen's game I thought was that he of all the players in our attacking outfit was the one that was most strictly in his position if that makes sense like you'd have four now's Ben Rama Antonio um who are all sort of very free flow, like they have their positions, but they often occupy each other's positions. Whereas Bowen was always very much a a right winger who cuts inside on his left foot. And that was his thing. And he'd he'd get the ball on the right and he'd either run down the flank and cut inside or he'd make a sort of diagonal run with the ball, lay it off inside and then look to run back outside or in behind. And now I sort of think that adds a sort of third or fourth dimension uh, to the attack. If we've got Bowen sort of doing the sort of stuff that and Benarama had already been doing before because um, it means we can we can play the same sort of football on both sides and that sort of, like we were saying, Brentford are doing so quickly, like shifting, shifting lanes, so to speak, on the pitch with even more pace because we have all sort of three lanes of the pitch comfortable, interchanging with each other. But I think it's just striking that right balance so that you don't become overly focused on targeting one like area of the pitch we trying to play all down one side unless like you're ex- trying to expose a weakness but that wasn't the case today i just think it was more of a well, was this antonio and bowen are the biggest threat so let's just go for them
1: oh so it was interesting because i did think bowen drifted more today and it's i i and i know i just dis- i think we disagree on something i thought Soufal had one of his better attacking performances but often especially in the first half he was putting in balls or just hitting the ball against a defender to win a corner because he was quite isolated with bowen drifting because where yeah. whilst antonio and Fornells or ben run will often drift to the left and bowen stays rigid i don't think anyone compensated by drifting to the right and it's yeah. it showed up I and mean, I, in the end i think in the second half after a poor first half where he was banging long balls forward Whereas you were saying we, we might have been eager to go long. I think was, we weren't doing long passing. There was just times where Souffaut was just banging a ball forward because they yeah, didn't want the ball the, in defence. which the weight was a on
0: passing today was terrible. Yeah. Um, I think we saw, uh, was it 55% pass success? Yeah, rate? 55%. Today, yeah. Which is woeful by anyone's standards. <laughs> like generally defenders, less so fullbacks, but you tend to see them with higher
1: I'm just wondering whether rate. that was a lot of that is from those blocked crosses and those blocked passes where he I think he did look like he was just playing for the corner because I thought in the second half his yeah. energy levels I because I he's looked to me like someone who's had a, a long summer and a long season already mm-hmm. um, and he's been tired I thought he was getting up into the box he had that shot well saved by Raya he had the chip ball into Bowen that should have ended in a goal
2: yeah. yeah. I think in the second half, when Boeing comes inside, it's, the game suddenly opens up for him. I think the issue in the in the first half, and it was really, really marked, I've got to be honest, is that when he was receiving the ball, like you say, all of his passing was wayward. Uh, sometimes he was looking to go long and just wasn't picking anyone out, or wasn't getting anywhere near any, any teammates. And sometimes he looked uh, a little bit nervous on it and was just getting rid of it uh, to get pressure off of him because Brentford were pressing quite high. Uh, in the first half, and then and then other times just like simple balls into midfield that were just not connecting with their target. Um, but yeah, in the second half, like you say, the attacking output did show, and that's, you know, with Bowen drifting inside, you just all this room suddenly opens up for yeah. him to, to drive into, and he, and he did make a good fist of that.
1: Are we at a point where sue and Suchet can only play well if the other's playing well? I mean, that's... Constantly...
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the the, I mean, the I app. know they are, <laughs>
1: <laughs> clearly, I mean, they they, they look like they could cry when the other one gets hurt, but I mean, it's... <laughs> It's quite, it's quite contrasting because I would say it's worth pointing out, and he, he rarely gets a lot of credit, that Cresswell, in terms of on the ball, his passing from the back was beyond anything. I thought the rest of them were quite poor compared to him. And if I'd have given him my man of the match in the game because his delivery yeah. is on point. And he's, he does... I mean, he, he hits a firm pass, usually. I can always say that about him. And he always yeah. takes his, his standard touch out of his feet, whatever the situation, whatever's going on. He's taken that touch out of his feet. But he he today didn't look so con- concerned by the press. I don't know if that's because he's confident. on his. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd noticed that. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I mean, I'm sure as the episodes go by in this podcast, everyone will soon learn that I am the biggest advocate for replacing Cresswell and have been for a long time. I think <laughs> left back is the one position that we probably should be targeting. However, I will give him his dues today. And to be fair, the game against Rapid as well. Um, no, yeah, yeah, against Rapid. Yeah. Um, he's looked great. His delivery's been brilliant. Um, against Leeds, it was pretty poor, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but yeah, I think we've seen a version of Cresswell, particularly today, come back in a weird sort of way where I was getting flashbacks to when he was playing as the third centre back, mm. where he was sort of, yeah. if those were the balls that we'd come to sort of, he was so, it was so obvious that he was a fullback playing at centre back because he had that ball carrying sort of confidence on the ball that a lot of centre backs might not have and that sort of the passing accuracy and confidence um, to sort of play what would usually almost like he's playing what would be a horizontal pass so across but vertically instead and then he gets the the weight on it spot on and that's something that's been missing this season but today we saw that come back but still in a back but in a back four rather than in a back three um and it's always something I've thought has been quite a bit of a weakness of Cresswell's, especially last season. I was always, he's a great left-sided, or he's a good left-sided centre-back. I wouldn't have ever said he was a great one. But in a back four, he's not great. And I think there's still question marks about how great he is defensively in a back four. Um, and that's obviously something that's covered if you add an extra defender in and play a back five. But, um, yeah, like I say, I've got to give him his juice today. His crossing was go. He had 14 crosses with 50% success rate, which that's pretty, is, excellent. Is pretty impressive, He he honest.
1: That was our first half threat, really. I think when we were struggling yeah. to get into the game, you thought, well, we're getting corners, and on corners delivery was like brilliant
2: today from corners delivery yeah. was absolutely fantastic and well, and actually worked
1: on some things as well
2: yeah yeah but it's not it's you know just on Cresswell it's just nice to be able to to, to say he's the most press resistant member of the back four again I mean that's something I used yeah. to say a very long time ago <laughs> mm. uh, and it's really nice to be able to say that again and actually you know we'll come to Leeds and, and we'll talk about Cresswell then and, and there were there were some really big issues with him defensively in the Leeds game but Today, defensively, I thought it was really good. I thought everyone else really struggled, and I thought, actually, you could see the difference. There were moments on both sides of the pitch where Ogbonna stepped out or Zuma stepped out to to go for an aerial. Souffal did a pretty terrible job of noticing in those moments that he needs to cover across and step sort of three or four steps inside, just in case the ball goes over them. Cresswell, pretty much every time the ball went over Ogbonna was there just to mop it up and drop it back into Fabianski. And it looks really simple and you don't necessarily really notice it when you're watching. But it's just switched on defending that actually, you're used to seeing the mistakes come down his side and they didn't at all today. It was really, really good.
0: Yeah, and I think on occasion today, uh, I can't remember how many times it happened, but definitely a couple to my mind, um, sort of his past precedent of not being that great in those situations came back to bite him because I think a few times where he was covering, I think the centre backs of Bonner or Zuma, um, based well, Ogbonna on his side, basically had assumed that he wouldn't be there, so made a cynical foul, when in fact he was actually already running back to cover and we would have been fine. The foul didn't need to be made. But I think that sort of precedent mixed with a lack of concentration and clearly a lack of um, communication between the back four um, sort of caught us out and ultimately obviously led to that goal where we gave away a free kick that probably didn't need to be given because I think... It would have been fine situation defensively. I don't think anything really would have come of that attack.
2: I do hate to be this guy, but um, this is... I mean, we're talking about Cresswell being excellent. And this is a game where Cresswell wasn't playing against a, a, a right winger. <laughs> no, is, it was a right winger. Yeah, this is... Cresswell was brilliant, but you could really see today that he wasn't up against the winger mm-hmm. he didn't have that pressure directly on him and he was able to focus on umbermo's runs inside and you know yeah. he was very good for that but you know there's a big difference between have playing it. against the front two and covering across to having to deal with a right winger and then cover your center back when when they step out as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah um I before we move on i do think we should mention definitely the goal which we have yet to discuss and also before that Bowen and it's all Bowen centric the headed chance Surely, surely he has to be scoring those. I, I, I haven't seen the XG number, but surely he has to be. And this, which is my biggest problem with him. He doesn't seem to, I mean, he's ended up scoring a goal. He probably shouldn't have scored.
2: Yeah, exactly. Let's do the two sides of the of the same coin, right? Like yeah. Bowen's finishing has been off for a little while. He's been really struggling to to put the ball in the back of the net. You saw that on the first one. He absolutely has to score that chance. It's It's not quite a sitter. But it's a header six yards out or seven yards out um, towards the near post. Great height. Uh, keepers kind of all ends up at the near post. All you have to do is hit sort of the 30% of the goal <laughs> towards the back post. And you're going to score and pretty much at any height as well. You're going to score. He did the right thing by hitting the ball down. Just missed yeah. the target. Um, and then the goal. Al, how's he scored that? Yeah. <laughs> how's that got through? He's just come onto that and yeah. smashed it. Yeah. It
1: looks like a man who's not scored a goal for a while, and it was 16 games, and has just thought, "I'm just going to hit this booming ball," and he's yeah, just yeah. hit that ball perfectly. And to his credit, at least he made contact with that header, whereas Antonio had a reasonably
0: oh, mate. open a ball by chance Rice as well, man. And it was a what gorgeous a ball; ball. it
1: was weighted perfectly. The boy had done it every no he intended just out
0: of his feet. Oh, mate! And if not unreal. only
1: did Antonio miss an easy chance and not even contact, make contact with the ball, he's made such a bad job of it, that he's put Suchek off entirely behind yeah. him. <laughs> and it's it's, it's probably those, those moments where you go, these are why these players possibly haven't played for clubs that have played a lot of European football and have played top four and are arguably, mm. in inverted commas, better than us because of those moments.
2: Yeah, it's almost, you know, Rice Rice is, uh, to me has looked a little bit tired over the last few games and it was just almost another one of those moments where he's been in the game, he's not necessarily been at his best and then he just provides this magical moment and um, yeah. we really should have scored because uh, you, you both said it, it's an absolutely outstanding cross into the box. It's a wonderful piece of skill by yeah. Rice. And Antonio should score, and then if he hadn't made such a fist of it, you're right. Suchek probably gets onto it at the back stick, and and we scored that way. But yeah, we we had a number of really good chances in the second half that we didn't um, didn't put away or didn't turn into a, a a better chance. Really, we've got
1: negative, negative, negative from that Brentford game again. We probably should have won. Whereas I came from the Rapid Vienna game thinking we were poor and lucky and got away with being lackadaisical and probably just a maybe a little bit arrogant granted we made a lot of changes and people coming out saying that was a professional performance was to me it was the opposite of professional because we had control of a game and let it slip and nearly let it slip to where it's we conceded gal because we weren't really on it
0: yeah i think yeah there's this big thing about like, what even is a professional performance? Like, I think a lot of people say, oh, it's a professional performance as long as you win, basically. Yeah. But that is just not, like you've, like you've rightly pointed out, that's not it. Like, you can have a terribly unprofessional performance and still get a result, which I think we proved. Like, we made an absolute hash of it against, by far, the worst opposition in the group who are in terrible form. And at the time of playing them, they were joint bottom of the Austrian Prem. <laughs> Which is like, come on, like they just lost three nil at
2: home to Starm Yeah,
0: exactly, and like fair enough. Yes, we we got the job done, great, but it's not even like. Okay, against Zagreb, yes, that was a professional performance. We did get the job done, but we were away from home against Zagreb in a hostile environment. Like this was our big night, our first ever group stage match in the Europa League at home, under the lights, with a pyrotechnic display that was probably worth more than our transfer budget. Like so a league so a yeah, <laughs> it, it was kind of unreal, I can't lie. <laughs> um but yeah, I just I just thought, yeah, we we made we made a, a much much harder job of it than it needed to be like they were there for the taking on so many occasions and we just could not put the game to bed i I think i'd
1: look at the difference between a a professional performance and not professional performance zagreb did they have much of a chance did they offer anything were they under threat whereas rapid vienna it wasn't a penalty but the referee could have looked at that screen and gone maybe he's flicked his leg and that's why he's caught his own foot and then he gives a penalty i mean you're a bad decision you're a bit of bad luck away and they yeah they had openings and they had openings where they had space in front of goal and for some reason they've decided that every time they got space within 25 yeah. yards they had to shoot <laughs> thankfully they were they i mean they were rubbish they I mean, were I, 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 it's not analytical it's not particularly intelligent but i've not got much more to say than they were rubbish and we could have got, got taken caught cold
0: well i think yeah before i give way to jack uh, that that is pretty much how I would define professional as well like against Zagreb who are had again yeah they they were way, way worse than I thought they were going to be like we they but they definitely have more talented players Um and we managed to like n- nullify their attack completely they didn't get a single shot in that game Um like on, on target sorry Um whereas Vienna like were like you say carving us open like semi-frequently and could have had a penalty Um, when Gruel came on that guy just absolutely tore it up like I don't know where he came like I think we did a tiny bit about him in that article we wrote the other day but he just completely changed it like his pace his directness was class Um, but yeah I just think a team of their quality we should be able to dominate and it was not a dominant performance
2: it wasn't even a full first string from Rapid Vienna They rested players because they They
0: rested their top scorer.
2: Relegation fight, I suppose. No, they got a big six-pointer this weekend. I'm not sure how it's gone, but they had a big six-pointer this weekend. Um, And so, you know, Gruul was rested. who was their form player coming into the game. You had Iwu shifted out to right-back with Stojkovic dropped. Lubacic didn't play, who I thought was quite good when he came on. Um, You you know, I I think against the second string of a team that has barely managed to pull in many points in the Austrian Bundesliga. It was a, it was a poor performance. I wouldn't say that they carved us open on many occasions. I thought, I thought they were absolutely woeful in possession. I think they should have done on several occasions. I think my favorite yeah. moment, uh, bar the goal, um, the first goal that is of the whole game was, uh, one of their, one of their more promising openings and, uh, the ball falling to Erkan Kara, um, about 25 yards out and he, he could have controlled it and run towards goal yeah. but now just first time shot about <laughs> Mate, were 20 yards over the bar all over the
0: gaff every player it was just like they just were like right i want to score a european goal away in london yeah so i'm just gonna absolutely tonk it from where like <laughs> the decision making was horrendous the
1: decision making was appalling i will t- to Erkan kara's defense he got a hat-trick in today's six pointer and they won five oh, there you go so, I mean, Smash he was it, obviously uh. just getting his rage, <laughs> getting his rage against us.
0: They're back. Yeah. It's comeback season.
1: It was an interesting one because, I, I mean, we'll go on to individual performances. And I was worried from the start because there was a big looping ball in the air. And when there's a big looping ball in the air, we have a certain French centre-back who doesn't like the ball <laughs> really high and quite slow for some reason in the air. And he completely mm-hmm. missed it. But from then onwards, had a brilliant display. And actually, I thought the centre-backs saved our skin. Really, I would give. I mean, Dawson and Diop were probably the two best players, arguably the two best players on the pitch. Come the end of the game,
2: for me, for me, the the three of uh, them—Johnson, Dawson, and Diop—were all excellent, absolutely outstanding. Uh, Dawson, uh, sorry, Diop, uh, particularly—he had that like you say, that sort of very shaky moment, um, almost a classic the moment of a high ball coming down and you just think, oh no. <laughs> um, <back. laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but from that moment onwards, really, I can only really remember him making one more mistake on the ball um, and just being really dominant with all of his jewels, uh, nicely on the front foot and, and just really solid at the back. And, you know, that in combination with, like we said there, horrific lack of quality in possession meant that they didn't really create mm. very much um but also special special mention for ben johnson really special yeah. mention for ben johnson i i i i know the penalty was a bit of a dodgy yeah. moment i yeah when i was watching it i was from I, where i sit is sort of behind where that tackle went in and i immediately went stonewall pen because <laughs> um, you see the leg come out and you're just like that i can't see how that's not going to be given um but other than that, I thought he was really good defensively. Um, and then something that I'm not sure I've really seen from Ben Johnson, two or three line-breaking passes. Where's that mm-hmm. come from? I mean, I'm always
1: concerned about his attacking play. I am a little bit because, And he's got it in him. He's had games where he's suddenly got an amazing run down the left and he's put in a wonderful ball. But he he doesn't look like an ex-winger to me. I, In fact, he looks to me like a basics. He often looks like he's the most solid defensive fullback at the club.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I worry about him going forward. But... Well, that's what—that's the point I'm making. Is I've not really seen him do it before, and and in this game, I. I particularly remember him receiving the ball on, on the right, just inside our own half, looking up ahead of him and just playing a pass that went straight through the midf- uh, the attack and midfield of Rapid Vienna, into feet of Antonio who just stepped off the centre-back and it was like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. I've never seen you do that before! Just a flat, yeah. quick ball into Antonio and also, Antonio was offside on, on this one, just marginally, obviously Johnson wasn't to know that, but played a lovely cross uh, just looped it over the Rapid defence in for Antonio and it was probably about half a yard offside but the the quality on the delivery was was outstanding and and th- this is not something we've become you know accustomed to seeing from ben johnson this is him developing and adding to his game and actually
0: yeah
2: arguably getting the chance to play in his preferred position being at yes. left back for ages and and every yeah. time we've seen him he's been at left back and actually a lot of the games we've seen him in has been against man City, man united man city again man united again <laughs> um and yeah. how much do you expect from from a fullback in terms of their attacking returns against the team, you know, at the top of the league. So with an opportunity to play against perhaps inferior opposition and in his preferred position, I thought it was really, really good.
1: That's good. Cause we yeah. need some positives from that game. Having started off, you started you off on a negative. I came in,
2: yeah. I
1: came in with an so angry man attitude, but there, there were, there were positives throughout. I mean, not maybe not throughout, but at least end and top and top and tails of it. We we yeah. you know we were the better team, undoubtedly.
0: Yeah, no, we definitely were, and I think just on that Johnson point as well. I think as as annoying as it was watching him play at left back because he's clearly not a left back; he is a right back. I think one thing that it has done wonders for is his confidence on his left foot, like, and it's now when you see him on the right, he also his delivery on his left foot is not even bad, like, and he now has the option of kind of which is uncommon really for a fullback to cut in on his weaker foot and with like almost like an inside forward would like like Bowen or something but he can also also cross from the byline as well so it's sort of in terms of his output we don't it was good against Vienna we don't know how often we're going to see him anyway or like how consistently he's going to be able to replicate those sorts of performances. But to have those options when he gets into the final third of, oh, do I just go to the byline and stick one in? Do I cut in and put, put a pass in um, either into the box with my left foot or lay it off towards Rice, for so check whoever might be in that position to sort of switch it across to the other side and recycle possession, um, which I think is, re- is, re- is a really exciting aspect um, that we could see develop. And to be honest, um, given how leggy Sufal looks and has looked in recent games, I wouldn't be against giving him a run out in the prem. Like I know he's he's our backup right back. We've also got Fredericks who is who is out injured, um, and Sufal is very much the Premier League option. But it's hard to see where he's gonna get that much of a rest. And I think he probably would have been more rested had Fredericks not got injured in that game because when he was meant to be getting a rest, he then had to come on and play football that he wasn't expecting to play. So in terms of managing minutes, I wouldn't be surprised and would be in favour of seeing a bit more of Johnson in coming fixtures. Likewise, I'll pose to you, how would you feel about seeing Diop play a bit more given, again, how tired, not necessarily tired, but there was some lapses of concentration, particularly from Ogbonna, um, just given... Well, unfair, because Zuma was far worse against Brentford today. Yeah, But I think, in t- to- talking on the context of minute management, like Ogbonna, yes, he's sort of the stalwart in our back line, but he is also old. And I think you can't expect him to play every single game. And I think just in terms of future planning, why not start to sort of test out or bed that centre-back partnership now rather than rather than wait until Ogbon has really been running to the ground and then we're trying to solve a problem with something that's not tried and tested or at least hasn't been given a chance to develop. I don't know, I just wouldn't be against seeing maybe him next to Zuma at some point. I'd, again.
1: Say, I'd say my big concern is that we're at Everton next and this Rafa's gone quite nuts and bolts. Yeah. <laughs> and he has gone quite... I'm at, you know. He, he's he's got a little bit four four two classic, and I do wonder mm. whether if you're putting Rondon or even Calvert-Lewin in there, who can calvert Lew can he can rise in the air and he can run those channels? Yeah. Well, is he going to be the, back? Do we know? I, 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 don't, I, I think that will be touch and go. I'm not sure because we've got an international break now as well. Oh, brilliant. Well, actually, yeah, no, it is it's, it's brilliant. It means well, like, well, we need the rest. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I the has. players that need the rest are the players who are going to go and play international yeah. games. I mean, that's it was at least Ogbonna will get a bit of a bit of time, but you'd say that. For now, Suček and Suflau and probably Rice are the ones who need to rest. And I don't—I haven't even looked to see where Antonio will be flying to to—I <laughs> mean—to lose Friedel to Panama
2: or whatever. But uh, I just—can oh, I briefly jump in on the Diop thing? Um yeah, oh, go yeah All right, then, go <laughs> Which I—I—I I, I think it's quite good for him to to develop playing the Europa League games alongside Dawson is a good thing for him. Um, because he, he gets that opportunity to be the, the main man as such in terms of mm-hmm. making play from the back. And I think that's a really good thing for him to then potentially come in alongside Zimmer in the future um, rather than coming in in the position that he's been in for a really long time, play, playing second fiddle to, to, to a more, I don't know, commanding centre-back and someone who's more comfortable on the ball. So uh, for me, I want to see how he gets through the six group stage games with Dawson. If he comes through all of those six games and we say, yeah, he's been really good on the ball yeah, he's been really good at the back. Then let's talk about Give it replacing go. Ogbonna. But up until that point, Ogbonna was absolutely outstanding for the last, what, 18 months? And has oh, been yeah. such a crucial player for us. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think we were off the pace. Both centre-backs were off the pace t- today against Brentford. But mm, how often are you going to come up against the front two? And how often are you going to come up against the front two that's in that good form? Uh, yeah. I don't know how Many times that's going to happen this season, so for me, I would leave it as it is. With those, I two.
1: suspect Moyes's first instinct, if we're struggling at the back, will be put Maswaku left wing back, put Cresswell in there, and yeah. be solid in that system. The, the problem is, he'll have to find which one to drop, and it'll be you'd assume Ben Rama, but he's been high on Ben Rama this year, yeah, yeah. I mean, other other notes from that game, I know he's he very rarely gets any credit for anything, so I, and I know my father will shout at me if I don't bring it up. Yarmolenko's pass for the goal, oh, for the yeah. first goal was, goal. Ooh, it yeah. was gorgeous. And I know we just, we need to talk about the goal because you committed it. What I would only assume is 12, 24 hours making us <laughs> lovely visual <laughs> on Twitter this week about the, and it was a lovely goal and it was, it needs analyzing because there's a lot to look at within it as well, isn't it, Jack?
2: Well, I spent ages putting together an article on this yeah, <laughs> with all these lovely moving dots, as you quite aptly described <laughs> pre-podcast. Um, there's a analytics. lot, there's a lot of things to like about this goal. Um, we are regularly going to come up against defences that sit uh, deep and are very rigid and Rapid Vienna were exactly that. Um, and a criticism that we've definitely had of West Ham under David Moyes is when asked to, to play against a, a, a deep sitting defence that's quite rigid in the way that it, it moves around, how do we get around that um, and have we done that successfully enough in the past? And um, the first goal against Rapid Vienna is for me, perhaps the, perfect or almost perfect example of how to get around the defense that is that playing that very very rigid deep um, style Um, and everyone uh, played a really important part in this goal so right from the start you've got Ben Rama comes deep to to receive the ball off Rice at the start of of this move and that brings uh, Aiwu who's a center back uh, by trade playing out of position at right back in this game all the way out of defense and that creates the first gap which then has to be covered and kelvin arase the 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 rapid vienna winger has to drop back and cover the space left and then perhaps the the, the most unnoticed moment of the whole move is is yarmolenko as soon as he sees ben Rama dropping into that space makes a dart in behind which then drops the defense uh, a yard or two particularly um, kevin uh, vimmer um, which creates this extra time when he then comes back to receive the ball off Benrama. He can turn, and I, I think rarely do you get that kind of time in that area, and it's his movement in behind the defence to begin with that creates this space for him to be able to turn on the ball and, and look forwards. And then there's this all these things going on all, all at one time. Rice has got this fantastic instinct now to go beyond his man as soon as he makes the pass in these situations, so he's making a dart towards the box. Vlasic does something that's quite sensible. Um... And you know, I could speak about his more uh, his game more broadly in this sense. He didn't move around very much, and, <laughs> um, I, and that was generally not a good thing. But in this instance, it was a very good thing because him not moving while all these pieces moved around him meant that. Um, as the recovering player going to track Rice is coming back, sees Vlasic in this sort of half space between the lines and goes, What no, I should probably look at that first um, and tries to pass Rice off and that communication doesn't go through and Rice is able to just charge on into the box. Um, and something that you see the big teams do all the time, something that's great to see us do in these situations is Cresswell and Ben Johnson stuck to the touchline. On, on both ends of the pitch which forces both uh rapid vienna fullbacks to just stay an extra second or two because you see them both look at the gap suddenly opening up Vimmer's jumped out of defense to press yarmolenko grime left to cover this central space and you see them both look at this all this space that they've got to jump into cover then look back out at these players that are on the touch lines and that just that pause of looking at the player they've been marking creates an extra second for everyone in the box to to hit this empty space yeah and then it's just quality quality on the ball, Uh, and yarmolenko being able to pick that pass into antonio antonio you know having the the wherewithal to to bring that down on his chest and then not just smash it towards goal see that bryce is making the run into the space um and 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 you know Grimal has to cover across, keeper has to come to the near post, and then suddenly Rice has a tap-in at the back stick. And, you know, all of those moving parts come together and everyone has to play a crucial role in that. Yamalenko does does brilliantly, Johnson does brilliantly, Creswell does brilliantly, Vlasic is helpful, Ben Benrahma's great, Rice makes a fantastic run. And that's everyone working hard to combine to just move, move those pieces into positions that they're uncomfortable in being in and to create a goal. And that, Against a, uh, a defence that sits so deep is, is sometimes the only way to, to break through. And to see us do it so fluidly and so fantastically was uh, actually really exciting.
1: The thing I'd say, uh, the note I noticed for me is last season that run isn't Rice. Last season that run's probably Suchek. This season, yeah. and we're having to get used to Suchek, he's, he's a different player this year. And I don't know if he's a different player because he's tired. I don't know if he's a different player because they've got a Ben Rama there rather than a five back. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a different player because Rice wants to be a, or is being a different player, but it's noticeable or notable this year definitely that Rice is doing more of those runs. Probably because yeah. also we're playing more football on the deck as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice yeah. little pun there.
1: I on know. The I noticed. The, my <laughs> eyebrow I went, and I thought I'm, I've already made one awful joke. I went over again. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. No, I think yeah, that's that's definitely happening, and I'm and I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving seeing Rice add these new sort of facets to his game because I think. As a West Ham fan, it just gets really, really annoying just hearing people say how overrated Rice is and how oh he's just a defensive midfielder and oh he can only pass it sideways and blah blah blah. Because we we watch him every week and we just know that's just fundamentally untrue. And to see him now doing this like week in, week out, like I think I saw a stat saying um that he'd he'd I think maybe it was outside of the top six, but like it was most uh, yards carried most oh, I, thought, I think that was in builder. the league. I think it was forward passes yeah. as well.
1: I think he's passing yeah, and, and he's work... like, he's just yeah.
0: in every department, he's he's doing the right things. He's adding goals now to his game, which to be honest, I don't necessarily know that that's an especially important thing that I would be asking Rice to add to his game. But if you can, why not? You're not
1: gonna turn like, it's
0: not a bad thing, is it?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I just, I just think it's great. However, the only slight negative is that When he's doing that, he's he is also better defensively than Suchek. So, if it's Suchek that's sitting back, we lose what Rice offers when it was him sitting back before because his reading of the game is better, his positional play is better, he's more athletic, his interceptions are much better. And also, when he does pick up the ball, the pace at which he and and the quality of which he can recycle that possession is also just far superior to that of Suchek so whilst yeah it's it's great having him in these in advance in these advanced positions we are sacrificing something else at the other end of the pitch and I guess against other opposition that might catch us out against Vienna it's fine
1: <laughs> I suspect as well the the day where he maybe does or doesn't and who knows move on to a bigger club he they're going to want him to be the world-class holding mid or defensive midfielder they're not going to want him to be the very very good Mm -hmm. Attacking or box to box midfielder. I certainly think it for England in the next week. You're not going to see Gareth go. Ah, you should be pushing on more. He never really (sighs) pushed on Rice. You could tell that there were times where Rice took it upon himself. Yeah, he's he the the thing that he's very very good at is making sure the defence is really protected. And if we are losing that, maybe that's why we've conceded two goals in four of the seven games we've played in the league because we're losing a bit of protection granted that's a little bit unfair to criticize right you're scoring you're playing too well further forward so the defense can't play well
0: yeah it's just a bit of imbalance really i think it's just finding that balance between the partnership like we are light in midfield we have been it's been a problem for ages like and you're i don't know i guess that's the difference between playing and a double and a, and a triple pivot, I guess, as well. It's sort of like you, you finding that balance is more difficult because you've only got two players to sort of get everything out of. And when we've got someone like Rice, there's a tendency to lean on him because his qualities are so far above pretty much everyone in the squad. So, like, yeah, yeah, you are just going to ask a lot more from him. But it's Moise's job to now work out when to use that to great effect, when to when to basically use each of his skills be like oh today we want you to be defensive rice, and we'll use your like almost like in Yu-Gi-Oh where you put down like a a bonus card that like increases their powers in one area so Moyes is just there being like yeah we want this version of you today or I'll go run ahead and. and
1: if, if su- analytics che- are too niche for some people I can't wait <laughs> yeah. for <the> Yu-Gi-Oh reaction because <laughs> I, I mean yeah, you've man. got yeah I'm sure I'm sure I great got it. Yeah.
0: Got it. <laughs> but that's it I think against certain opposition so, like Suchek is not bad defensively he's just not Rice so against certain opposition it's fine to ask Suchek to take on that role of holding screen in midfielder because he's going to be able to do it against lesser opponents but there's going to be other games where it's like right okay we're coming up against I don't know De Bruyne or Bruno or someone like that who is like, argue, like arguably the best players that occupy that sort of area in the pitch so that's when you're like okay maybe Rice like take more of a leading role and sort of bolstering that hold
2: the thing for me though is I almost worry less about uh, the prestige of the number 10 we're against and actually how much the other team and how successfully the other team counters because the thing that Rice gives us is almost two players worth of um, resistance to counters yeah His reading of the game when in those transition phases is just far superior to almost any other midfielder in the league. I mean, you've got Ndidi who's there with him, Rodri who's there with him and Fabinho who's there with him defensively in terms of their output. Rice is right there with those players. Mm -hmm. And and Suchek is, I think, fine in terms of, you know, when, when... when we're getting back and he's 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 sitting in front of the center back so i have no real worries about potentially rice being the one who's further forward there it's it's in those transition areas more around the halfway line uh, of how many times you see rice just jump in and and either make a good foul or make an interception or just just slow down the move like if it's just a foot in that means that the move takes two seconds longer that's enough to allow someone to recover um yeah and it's a I, I agree that it's more of a thing for Moyes. You know, Rice is going to want to add to, his, add to his game. It's good that Rice is adding to his game. It's about how Moyes responds to that and addresses the balance of the team correctly. Uh, and, you know, if he's if he's going to go forwards, then he has to score.
1: I suppose we've criticized substitutions earlier on, but it is worth noting that one substitution that was made in the Rapid Vienna game was, it felt like we started the game for us. And when hours came on, I think he got my man of the match because his intensity was, well, it lifted yeah. a, a flat and dead team at the time.
2: It was almost like Moyes just went, you know, get on and chase the ball, lad. <laughs> and he yeah. just went after it. And uh, and that was crucial, really. I, I, one of the most disappointing things in that game is we lost control because we sat off and went, yeah, have the ball. You've got no quality, but go and have it, <laughs> um, yeah. which was just an odd decision. And, and then bringing Fournals on to go and chase it, you just saw all those mistakes that we saw in the first half came straight back uh, and yeah. we got control back. And, and actually, when he did get the ball he was brilliant all the decisions oh, he mate, made were
0: outstanding his passing was ridiculous his movement was ridiculous i'm pretty sure there was one moment where he did some like mad back heel which was just beautiful like it i was like salivating watching that it was just unreal antonio ben
1: to his left antonio for the win leeds leeds united that was a I mean, it was a, a game that I thought from the first 15 minutes, we were going to lose. And I, I thought we were poor in the same way, not not as bad. And I think we're probably, what we've seen in the difference between Brentford and Leeds is a team that's on form and a team that's not on form. And Leeds, yeah. Sean of Bamford playing two teenagers or a, and a midfielder in the back, they scared us. And Rafinha was a, lo- oh, he a lovely, he was excellent, but we adapted and overcame, I suppose.
2: Yeah, again, if we're going to talk about um, uh, changes made, this is another one that's not uh, personnel. Uh, but second half, uh, centre back stepping up um, and just like getting the defence nicely onto the front foot, going for jaws and, and not being so worried about what's going to happen behind that. Just being confident that they're going to win their individual jewels, just allowed us to push on the pitch a little bit more. And suddenly we got way more control because in the first half, that was not the case at all and mm-hmm. you know we spoke about Cresswell earlier um I think I had in my notes for the game I just had you know a, a line on each player from the first half and then I had Cresswell colon and just in all caps why <laughs> <laughs> he, he he I think he struggles
1: with a player who will just move away and move inside and Rafinha is their best player as well
2: oh, yeah okay.
0: yeah no He's, like, hands down he,
1: he 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 oh I'd like I'd like him wouldn't you like he him, won't be um? there
0: long surely I can't I can't see yeah. him staying there like that maybe if they'd have kicked on from last season, but it seems like they've taken a step backwards. And like he's far too good to be there. Like I don't mind, yeah, I don't mind Leeds that much. I think because I like Bielsa, I mm. I kind of have a, a soft-ish spot, not for Leeds, but mainly for Bielsa and like respect what he does. But yeah, Ravinia is just a baller. Like I think as well, who's uh, Melia as well had a great game. I thought like he it's he kept them in, and, the
1: and that's where you've got to look at it. They goalkeeper was man of the match, undoubtedly. Yeah, does remind me, yeah, however. So, you might like Leeds. One of my fondest memories is being in New York seven years ago in a, cr- a, ch- a train for some reason, all of us singing, we all ate Leeds scum. It goes everywhere, <laughs> that song. I don't know why that was, that was uh, 1 a 1 a.m. after a WrestleMania. Cause you know, if you're Yu-Gi-Oh wow. reference, it wasn't cool enough. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to, I need to bring then. that in. Um, yeah, it was an interesting one. Cause I mean, that was a game where I thought Fournells wasn't at his best, whether he's so used to creating chaos himself that when the game is chaos, he just didn't seem to really get a hold of it
2: uh if we got 15 minutes of four Nails at his best against rapid vienna we got uh, i don't know how many minutes he was on the pitch against these but yeah. we got that many minutes of four Nails at his absolute worst it was a yeah. it was a pretty much nightmare performance from four Nails. lost yeah. totally lost in the press i did not know what he was doing in the press at all and then in possession didn't really offer much either and and, and all the little flicks that we're used to seeing all the little you know um one-touch passes just didn't come off at all for him in in that they game yeah 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 yes yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was a it was a real real struggle for him and with real struggle for us down the left side you had Cresswell at every possible opportunity going mate, here you go Cresswell come inside uh,
0: stinking the gaff out mate he was terrible His just in every aspect as well like defensively we've already pointed out like Rafinha just had his number all day like had him on toast but his his we were praising his delivery earlier but wowzers that was a woeful woeful performance in terms of output like one out of nine crosses landed like that's eight times you've basically just wasted possession just by thumping it into the box or well (laughs) you'd be lucky if it made the box on some of them like it was just (laughs) thumping it out into touch like for for a goal kick or whatever like was just not his best best display I mean um, I,
1: it's, it's an interesting one because I didn't think Sofas had a particular game but I know one of you said that second watch is where you noticed actually he was defensively on it
2: Sofas yeah for me second watch I first watch first time round not not particularly impressed second watch and I go through and I make like I've got a lovely excel sheet and it's got a green column and a red column for every player with the minutes <laughs> down yeah. the left side and the Santa um, Claus of football bro. <laughs> 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 and um yeah so Suf- i was just all in the green column it just came out like and actually on both goals crucial crucial um played a crucial part in in both goals um you know set set us away for the second one um so yeah no, really really impressed with sufail on the second watch thought he was uh, pretty much faultless at the back didn't make a single defensive error and um and was played a key part in both goals so what more can you ask for
1: really? nicely done with ben rama balls in the middle Ben Ram again, cut it so sweetly, another very good save. He's a little bit, little bit of Ben Ram, I think sometimes, and I think we agree on this earlier, judged on last season, when actually when he does something this season, people still see the player he was. Whereas I'd say probably two, on two occasions he possibly saved us conceding a goal.
2: Yeah, yeah. In terms of his attacking output, Created loads of chances. Would have scored a goal if it wasn't for an absolute worldy save. Yeah. I mean, the, the two saves in the first ten minutes, blink and egg <laughs> It's a zero point five five expected goal on target from uh, Ben Rama, which you know is not unsaveable, but it's an excellent save. And then it's the Antonio shot, one yeah. is uh is I think zero point five one. Um. So it's two outstanding. Saves. They're low XG chances, but once they're on target and both shots are going straight into the bottom corner or the corner of the goal, he's made two outstanding saves. So yeah, ben Rama would have scored if it wasn't for that that save. Created a massive amount of chances throughout the game, and and then yeah, you know, for a player that's much maligned for not for not getting back and doing his defensive work, really excellent, two vital um, slide tackles to to get back and and save us when we were in transition and countering. He often leads the
1: press. I, I feel like as well. i, I sometimes feel like you could, he does. Antonio's running for him. I noticed it today as well. He'll look was, around and he'll trigger his little scampering. he scampers and he's, yeah. it's, it's hilarious to watch. But he will go. I for was it. just
0: going to say that it's almost as though he gets frustrated with sitting in the mid block. Like he'll 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 sort of be teetering behind Antonio for a bit. He's like what? like a horse trying to get out the blocks. And then he's like, nah, I've had enough. I'm chasing that ball and he's he's gone. He's he presses. But yeah, it's. It's just he's just fun to watch as well, man. Like he's just one of those like classic, just be
2: very skillful,
0: dazzling sort of on the eye, very mesmerizing player. But like you say, w- when it's not going his way, it is like you're sort of gritting your teeth at how annoying it is because it's like, but just just do the thing that you and should be doing. Like. Yeah,
1: and he I, mean, I think today he was overeager. I mean, it's interesting whether I feel he will be the one sacrificed. I'd like to see Moyes one day try a you know, three in the middle. Would you call that a triple pivot? Or not, I don't know. But we don't. We haven't played a th- a solid three for a long time. And there's. I, I wonder whether we've got an issue against the press because of our two. It's because we've got two midfielders. A lot of people play more in there. Is that what is? Could that be why we're struggling with?
2: I I think we struggled in that way. that like we said about the centre halves. I think you struggle in that way if you've got the centre halves dropped off five yards deeper. And then yeah, if you invite the press, then, yeah, then you struggle. And, mm. and then it's really, really difficult. But but when when you've got the centre halves, I mean, both both in terms of when leads were uh, on the ball and, and uh, coming forward, the centre half stepping out and making challenges, that's really important. But then also in possession, um, you you have to against the press be willing to to go past your man and run forwards and carry the ball as a centre half. Um, yeah. And Zuma did that, um, and and that takes eases some of the load when you. I was going to say, I, I think it that will come.
0: Gradually, more naturally, with time, because I think what we've been used to before—not even used to—like it's it's been forced because we had no choice. But we would play Dawson and Ogbonna, who necessitate a deeper line because their recovery pace is non-existent. So you can't take that risk of pushing up higher because if you do get caught out, there's no chance you're getting back in behind to to make that tackle before that ball is a shot on target or a goal. Whereas yeah. now with Zuma. You've got a, ball, a player who's more confident on the ball and is happy to sort of knock it past the man or like play a decent pass. And if he does get caught out by being slightly more advanced, he can turn around and probably catch up with the player who's who's just broken back through and sort of at least commit a foul, which he obviously did today, which wasn't great and got yellow, but he's still there stopping stopping that move. So rather than it, it resulting in a goal or something like it might do if, if it was Dawson that had been... Had been taken advantage of and i think like we say just slowly getting used to that and it's it it's made more difficult when not both center backs have that ability because you're obviously the key fundamentals of any defense is like making sure all defenders are in line with one another so it's having the confidence to have to bring that whole line up with zuma even though it's him that's really the one that's most capable of being that more advanced center back and just them having the confidence that, yeah, we can do this because he, he will recover and he'll either get there himself or he'll put enough pressure on that sort of breakthrough attacker to allow us to s- slow the move down and allow us to catch up. And then we're back in position as a defensive unit again. And then we can set the block or tackle, recycle possession whatever. And I think that will just come with Zuma getting embedded into that back line, sort of Ogbonna working out that partnership or, um, yeah, uh, Soufile getting used to sort of Playing alongside him rather than Dawson, and sort of how that means that he has to adapt his game. Sort of, he probably it probably does mean he can get away with more stuff as well, in the sense that he's probably not having to cover for as many. deficiencies is hard harsh but sort of aspects of Dawson's game that Souffal himself would have to factor into his game because he knows that oh well I'm gonna have to be the one that absolutely bombs it back which we saw so much last season like the amount of times I've seen Souffal just turn around and absolutely leg it like it's a hundred meter race like back to the box because of other players being quite out position so I think yeah it's it was annoying that that wasn't the case from the offset but positive that we saw them do it and do it to great effect. So hopefully, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's a shame because if this was the most recent game, then you'd be like, well, hopefully that means that we'll go on and sort of have the confidence to know that we can do that now. But then that's just not happened because that's not what's what's played out today. But yeah, just as the partnership develops, we'll hopefully see that sort of more aggressive well not, not even necessarily aggressive just confidence i think yep. is, is the key to it it's just having faith in themselves more than anything that we can actually do this
1: i suppose the irony of that is when we got caught out for the goal zuma had done the right thing he'd used the ball he'd run forward he'd gone forward and behind him Suchek had done whatever that was yeah. and looked the like a player looked at who home. needs
2: uh, look like a player who needs to lie down right yeah, <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> just look, you know he's pretty quick <laughs> Alex yeah. Kraus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah.
0: a pretty, pretty speedy, long-legged, energetic midfielder who, who maybe, were on the pitch, might have done something differently.
2: But I will say on CJ, I mean that it was a terrible error, and it looked like a player who had been running around like crazy, and then got the ball and went, oh, thank God for that, and then just mm. took his eye off it for a second. Um, I actually thought Rice was the player in that game that looked more tired. of Mm. of the two of them i thought suchek after that error uh snapped into tackles brilliantly made a load of great interceptions uh, and won the ball back a bunch of times for us which i I don't think rice was doing i think rice was the the most dispossessed player in the second half or or turned the ball over the most times in the second half but then the thing about rice which you don't get with suchek is that even when he's like struggling as i think he was in in the second half particularly against these out of nowhere, you get one of those delightful, uh, sideways passes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, all
1: those sideways passes, he just passes sideways.
2: Yeah. yeah just, uh, just one of those, those <laughs> sideways passes that leads to, you know, just a, a lovely goal.
1: <laughs> and I, I, I let you describe a sexy goal earlier. So I suppose I should let Cal describe a sexy goal as we come towards the end. That was i mean we, we could discuss bowen's goal was fine and bow it was it was at least the own goal it was come from I this I but the this second goal. goal was off the seat stuff wasn't
0: it? yeah like the bowen goal today was great in the sense that it was just a brilliant finish but i love nothing more than a team goal like it was just brilliant from start to finish every player that played their part in that goal was just brilliant the passing was exquisite the sort of speed speed in turnover of the minute we won back that possession and sort of it it probably wasn't training ground obviously because you can't you can't you can't plan the situation but you can sort of, you can obviously work on your breaks but it was like it had been rehearsed or like choreographed like they all knew exactly what position they were in they all knew exactly where to run or almost like someone had done it on a video game and like drawn a line and been like right you run here and then he'll move there like it was just brilliant like every single execution was just perfect and nfl play the, yeah yeah like it was yeah I don't know, I could just talk about how great it was. And then the finish, I mean, yeah, the, the little touch and just beast mode Antonio back, like, back in amongst it. And, oh, mate, I love a late goal as well. We love Rice, to and, to see it,
1: it. was the, the thing that made it seem so kind of rehearsed was the fact that, this, in in a way, it felt like Rice shouldn't have been able to see where Antonio was. He had two players to yeah. the side of him. He curled it round them.
0: Well, I thought he'd slowed it. I thought he'd ruined it. I thought he'd slowed slowed the move down at first because it was like, it would. <sighs> it was a bizarre pass. It was weird. Like the, the physics of it just seemed off. Like it kind of went, it was a forward pass that was almost like a rugby pass. Like in in the sense that it just went along the line, but it went forward and back round into his path. And it was just bizarre. But then I was like, oh, actually that's just genius. Like how have you even, how have you even seen that? Like your peripheral vision must be like 270 degrees. Rough. <laughs> it was just mad, like just all around it. Yeah,
2: just crazy. And but also the knowledge, you know, the 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 perception to be able to know that if he runs wide and drags runners wide, then he's creating space in the centre. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I'm sure he has seen Antonio, but he's just he's driven wide dragged a bunch of players wide and then smashed the ball straight into the space that would obviously be left by that but to be able to do that at that pace in such a crucial moment yeah to make all those decisions and to make them all perfectly and then the execution to be perfect that's just
1: it's one of the best in that respect it is i
2: mean it's one of those things
1: where i also think he he's a player who sometimes looks tired who who gets a second wind and he does second often he'll have a quieter 10 50 minutes and then at the end of the game he's like he starts
0: carrying the ball forward and like Yeah and he often through, does
1: yeah. he often goes into Scott Parker it is it's, it's
0: around the 70 on. minute mark he'll he'll start to 70 75 minutes he'll start especially if we need to get something he'll start to like take the ball by the horns and and be the sort of playmaker from from deep and rather than sort of having to play through a press or like make make three or four passes to get to the final third he will just get there and like cut out all the middleman stuff and just take the move from a to b to c in one one run just sort of using his shoulders to bounce people off him and just sort of shield the ball um yeah it's great um and i think that as well part of that is the leadership aspect like he's really grown into this role as the sort of captain vice captain however you want to call it like Match day captain, but not club captain. Like, and to have that at his age, well, it's not even surprising at this point. We all know he's got it, but it it really is worth mentioning. Like, it's yeah, the just let's just hope he stays. I don't know. Every time I see him now, like again when he scored against them. Against Rapid, like his celebration, I was like, oh, seeing him in noble embrace, as if yeah. yeah, come on. I was like, This has to be it. This has to be it. Just never leave. But equally, the more he adds to his game, the likelihood of him being a more and more valuable asset that more and more clubs are going to want does go up. So it makes it harder to keep.
1: It's worth noticing on those, but I've, I've criticized Antonio's basics. He did his control. He got a lovely touch and he finished beautifully as well. The and compose. I think yeah, the have... finish
0: was so composed. Was, yeah, like he was, usually does. It was not Leather Antonio. It, it wasn't Antonio. It.
1: Yeah. Like, it, it is Antonio. It's this like, Antonio. Like, it's the new Antonio. <laughs> this it's this exactly. Antonio. It's, it's 2021's Golden Boot winner, Mike Michael Antonio. MA9. MA9. <laughs> like, yeah. And at and, a and, and, and future part, I will want to bring up this player as well because I thought Vlasic came back and did really well for that. And I think we on a future, but we should discuss his development because I've seen some talk about him, but that isn't for this evening. I think I think for this evening, we are finishing on a world-class goal from a world-class midfielder and our, our new but not new world-class striker. And that's us for this evening. Now, next week, we'll be back. It'll be an international break. So that will give us a chance to probably a longer pod on some different, less in-game focus, probably some more depth to what we're discussing. We can think about Vlasic. We can look at some of those issues, like, say, Ben Johnson's got a year on his contract. We can look at fabianski Ariola. But for now, that is the first episode of the new Knees Up Mother Brown podcast wrapped. Thank you for everything this evening, Jack and Callum. I've been Chris Wilkerson and good night.
2: Right, so we're here in the offices of a late late show with the host of a late late show, James Corden. Hi. Big West Ham fan. Yes. And
0: <laughs> big knees up mother brown man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm regularly on the general
2: discussion page. There's always someone has got some information, so I love it, yeah. yeah. It's great. Yes, it's Fine excitement though. surrounded by imminent disappointment. <laughs> that's what it that's what it mostly is. Get on the forum at KUMB.com. Come on, you irons.